start to finish and for imparting to our souls what we need and what we need to hear from words of encouragement to tongues to prophecy to songs of the Lord through our own heartbeat between the person and God. I thank you that you've heard all. We pray that, Lord, you just receive all the glory, honor, and praise. And we do love you, Lord. We do adore you, Lord. And we thank you that you have given us access to the throne of grace through your blood, beyond the veil. And we desire to know your thoughts and intents of your heart, Lord. We desire to accomplish your purposes that you have planned for each and every one of us. From the eldest to the youngest, Lord, we're yours. And we just adore you and love you, Father. And uh, Lord, I thank you that Praise and worship isn't just one morning a week, <laughs> but it is an attitude of the heart every day. And I pray that your bride, your beautiful church, would continue to worship you literally day and night, night and day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, um, I want to encourage everybody um, in the spirit of the fear of the Lord um, we know that Jesus' greatest delight was the fear of the Lord. He says that in Isaiah 2, we list the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Spirit of counsel and might. Spirit of the fear of the Lord and knowledge. And out of the fullness of Holy Spirit... Jesus' greatest delight was the fear of the Lord. And if he didn't have the fear of the Lord, he would not have been able to accomplish what the Father asked of him to do. Period. <laughs> and he is the firstborn of all of us. He is the one that's gone ahead of us. He's our Lord and King and Master. And if his delight was the fear of the Lord then the body of Christ's delight should be the fear of the Lord. If we are of him, if we're deeply rooted in him and with him, we've been born again through him, every individual in the body of Christ, their greatest delight should be the fear of the Lord. We've done great studies on it. We've read about every scripture there is about it. But the reality is the word testifies of the fear of the Lord. And, you know, that is the reality of where we have to take our stand every single day, literally, <laughs> to submit to God. Yes, there's a scripture in James that says, submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. But if you don't fear God, he ain't going nowhere. Right? And so the fear of the Lord is clean and pure. He's holy. Sometimes people can make it into some legalistic, horrible, downcast bondage, right? That you can't even move because you're so afraid that God's going to strike you down for something. It's what religion can speak, right? But you need to know that there's a Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 who died because they lied to the Holy Ghost. And it said, in great fear came upon the entire church after that. 
You see, you've got to know the goodness and the severity of the Lord, but we can't take that for granted. And, and when we sing about the spirit of the fear of the Lord, this is the very foundation of his throne. Psalm 45 or 6, she says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the very scepter of your kingdom. Psalm 89, 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the very foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. And with throne room worship, we encourage all the time that you must go before him, praising him for who he is. Not for what you need, not for even anything else, but praising him for who he is. That's what's really going down in heaven. Let's go back to Revelation. Like, sister, you've read this before, and I could read it every Sunday until we start believing it and living in it and doing it. That's, we have all eternity to do this. That's what everyone was singing about this morning, testifying of words of encouragement. In Revelation 4, we'll start on verse 8. He said, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night. Okay, that's where you're hearing the day and night, night and day, but these are the ones that are directly surrounding the throne, okay? And they say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him, notice he said glory and honor and thanks to him. I mean, what do the creatures around the throne have to do with thanksgiving? They're in heaven. They don't have to say, thank you, God, you healed my foot. You know what I'm saying? They don't even have to say, thank you that you redeemed us from sin. They don't even have to say, thank you for paying my light bill. Why are they thanking God for? Think about it. Right? These are holy beings created for one purpose. To surround his very throne, to worship him for who he is. Yes? They were formed and fashioned for this. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty who was and is to is and come. And they give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne. Who lives forever and ever. And outward from there, you had the 24 elders. They fall down before him who sits on the throne. And they worship him who lives forever and ever. And cast their crowns before the throne. And they say, you are worthy, Lord, to receive the glory and the honor and the power. For you created all things. And by your will, they exist and they were created. You see the omnipotence there. The glory of God there and everyone that draws near to God has to say this. Like, you can't approach a holy God and not bow, you know, and not give reference and honor and glory to him. Amen? He's our father. Jesus said, my father is your father. We're able to see that God is our father, but he is the Lord God Almighty of whom he says, your throne, God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of his kingdom. Righteousness and justice are the very foundation of his throne. Mercy and truth go before his face. This is the very foundation of the core belief of the Christian faith, of who he is. 
as you continue in chapter 5, in verse 9, this is after the seal's coming. It says they sang a new song. They said, Jesus, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open his seals because you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood. And out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. It's amazing, isn't it? This is what we're talking about. This is throne room worship. Continuing on down in verse 11, he says, And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, all the elders, and the number of them were ten thousands times ten thousands, thousands of thousands. And they all said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive the power and the riches and the wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature that's in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne, to the lamb forever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. You hear, this is, should be the attitude of our heart. This is something the Holy Spirit continues to encourage us in, in our worship and our praise, because this is where it all starts in the fear of the Lord. And if not be for Jesus Christ, where would we be? We have so much to be thankful for. He's given us eternal life. Hallelujah. Okay, so if you were caught up as John was to see this, I mean, Jesus could have told him all about this when he was with him in person. But the Spirit took him up into heaven to see this for a reason, right? To teach us, to exhort us, to show us what's going on. We had prophets all through the Old Testament that were taken up before the throne of God. Yes? And, and more were taken up before him. And we could see this and like, well, you're like, well, I've never been there. Well, read the word and go there. Because when you read the word and you enter into this promise, all of a sudden the spirit of God enters you and your spirit man comes up front and center in these passages and you find yourself before the throne of God singing the same song. And if the Holy Ghost comes to you and catches you up and takes you to heaven or you have a vision or encounter a dream, that's the Holy Ghost trying to bring you in before the throne of God so that you can encounter him and know him. His word is truth. He's not a man that he should lie. And it's all of us worshiping him. Yes, many tribes, nations, tongues, and peoples. Hallelujah. Whew. And so all you have to do is set your gaze towards him. The scripture is full of who he is. <laughs> but you know who he is to you. And that's the highest form of your worship because you know who he is to you. You know what he's done for you. You know what pit he pull, pulled you out of. You know, he knows what you've been through. He knows your story, yes? And when you go before the throne of grace, the throne above all thrones, 
where righteousness and justice rule from, through him, mercy and truth is going out through him to you. We are literally joining with all of heaven. We just got to change the way we're thinking. You know what I mean? We've just got to change the way we're thinking, renewing the spirit of our mind so that when we set ourselves apart to God, you know, in that time of Bible and reading and, you know, worship time during the day, that if you just set your heart towards him, right there, who's to say? You know, the spirit knows where you've got your feet. Sometimes you're like, man, man, it was so good with me and God today. I just, I felt like I was just right there with him. You know why? Because you were. You were. You're like, well, I didn't see any creatures. I didn't see all these angels and elders. Did you see him? Did you hear him? Did you feel his love for you? Huh? Did you smell him? Did you recognize the sound that's coming from him? It's that, that realm. That's by the spirit. And he wants that in every individual. And the little children can lead the way. It's just a simple thing to do. And the Lord receives their praise. They don't know anything about these scriptures yet. But a child will praise God. Even from the womb. Correct? It's all about changing their focus to him. And from every turn, that's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And we must have and move and operate under and through and with Jesus in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And when you fear the Lord first, all the other fears bow. Correct? So go over to Romans 14. Bless you. I want to read this one verse before I read this in verse 11, Romans 14, 11. He says, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Listen to this. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Hear this? Now I want you to hear that statement in the middle of these next two chapters. Romans 14, verse 1. He says, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak, he only eats vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. Let not him who does not eat judge him who does eat. For God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. 
He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. He who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. He who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and give God thanks. Verse 7, for none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose, and he lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. So, but why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and I am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it's unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you're no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in Holy Spirit. Verse 18, for he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat or drink wine or do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. And happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he doesn't eat from faith. And whatever is not from faith is sin. Chapter 15, so we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. That we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. And now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. 
verse 8, and now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made to the fathers, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written, for this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah said, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and in him the Gentiles shall hope. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminders to you because of the grace given to me by God. Verse 16, that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me, in word and deed, to make the Gentiles obedient, in mighty signs and wonders and by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about to Erocrium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. For as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see. To those who have not heard shall understand. Verse 22, so for this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you, but now no longer having a place in these parts and having great desire these many years to come to you. Whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you. I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. If first I may enjoy your company for just a while. But now I'm going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. For it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. And it pleased them indeed that they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. So therefore, when I have performed this and I've sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of you to Spain. Verse 29, but I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe, that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God, and I may be refreshed together with you. And now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. This is a minister of the gospel. 
And he's just doing life with people. This was a letter to Rome, to the Romans, those Christians in Rome, heathens, Gentiles, you understand? And there's this battle going on still, being Jewish and those that have been converted from the law and what's clean and what's unclean, what we eat, what we don't eat, what we touch or what we don't touch, you understand? And there's offenses that are developing as these new believers come into Christ. Yes, there's offenses that the Jews still had with the Gentiles coming to Christ. And it goes on and on. He's just in the middle of life, you know, daily offenses, right? Anybody ever had their toes stepped on? If you're human, you have. And if you're alive and breathing, you've stepped on somebody's toes too, right? Right, okay. And it's just this saga, this story. And through this, he's weaving through the whole thing. And in the middle of that, in verse 10 and 11, he says, why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. How did that get in the middle of that discussion? Right? (laughs) And then he goes on, because it's written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Wow. That got right in the middle of my business. Right? Of offense. It got right in the middle of my business. And and you might have an offense. It may not be because she eats bologna and I don't. It could be over anything. You know how it works. But that, that's how it works. And, and the spirit of truth is coming through to show you what it looks like. And it continues on talking about the kingdom and the righteousness and what Christ has done. And how don't destroy one another because of your offenses, because of idle works, because of food, because of drink, because of clothes, because of whatever, Right? Everyone is growing in God, but the word of God is the one that will cause the most offense. (laughs) So when I say, fear God and keep his commandments, the flesh is offended. Yes? When I pray for the nation, that's my one verse. I pray for all my leaders. You can borrow it if you want. It's in the scripture. Fear God and keep his commandments. Repent while there's still time. Right? That'll work. Because if, if people don't fear God, there's no repentance. But in repentance, we're granted the ability to fear God. Thank you, Jesus, for the grace of God. When the Lord Jesus came to, the, to Saul of Tarsus, there was some fear of the Lord there. Right? Saul wasn't talking back here. Jesus is king, right? And he converted that man's soul and that man would have never thought he'd be talking to a bunch of Gentile heathen people because he was committed to the Jew. You understand? What an offense. And the biggest offense is the cross of Christ, that Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, would choose to obey the Father in the fear of the Lord and die on a cross to save us heathens and the family of God, the Jews. Yes? What an offense. 
This is all scripture, I'm telling you. But we have to fear God and keep his commandments and know that right in the middle of this, he's going to deal with the spirit and stronghold of offense. And where you're offended, Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended because of me. We have been offended by the word before. You know, when you read it, and it's like, oh, Lord. You know, whew, when it gets you right there, right? So first you might get a little puff, you know? You might get just a little irritated with that. And I don't want to read that. And I really don't want to see it right now. Because you're telling me to forgive. And that's the last thing on God's green earth I want to do. Yes? He just goes through this and he demonstrated it perfectly. Jesus did it perfectly so we can do this. Because without him, it's impossible. Yes? But without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we got to have faith. He put faith in the middle of this passage. He put glory and honor and blessing and worship before the throne in these passages. He exhorted the believers in these practical things and his heart for them. And it's like in the middle of all this, the main thing is the main thing. It is written, says I, the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. Every tongue shall confess to God. And you're like, oh, thank God. Whew, my sins are under the blood. He was removed them as far as the east is from the west. But he put that in the middle of life. Yes. What I want to worry about right now, I'm not there yet. Oh, you will be. And if you don't have that fear now, you need to get it today. Because there's something out there called cheap grace that's flying around that is apostasy that wars against the truth. And the truth itself will offend many. Jesus even said that somewhere in Matthew 24 maybe. Many will be offended. Yes? And they especially are going to be offended with the truth. Thy word is truth. And they don't want to hear it. Yes? They'll cover their ears and run out screaming. Even in the midst of that, Jesus Christ died for you and he loves you. And even when they're barricaded in in their own sin, they're like, I'm not worthy. Right? I have sinned. I have fallen so short of the glory of God. They could be offended at his offer of grace to save them. But thank you, Jesus, for the love that pierces through. You hear it? So I'm exhorting you today, we're kind of going to take a little journey. But I want you to hear this, and I want you to examine yourself with these passages. Don't let it just be about food and drink. But let the Lord search your hearts with offense and offended and wounded and bitter. Pride and arrogance, hardness. Let him search your heart. Evil's evil, but run to the throne. That's where we've got to be as a church right now, is before his throne. Where the eyes of the Lord are coming straight through from him to us. He's going to pour into his house, into his government, into his church. Not only for the fivefold ministers and helps in the government, but into the saints individually. So that we as one can gather around him to give him the glory due his name. Encourage you to read these two chapters and all the way through if you want. And the whole book of Romans is really an amazing account of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's stand. He is speaking, and I'm listening.
We give you all the glory, honor, and praise, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you would anoint us to have an ear to hear this. We bind the spirit of offense and offended and offend that would cause discord, hate, and strife and division amongst your people, God. And I pray, Father, just loose the spirit of grace, graciousness, kindness, and goodness, Lord. That you grant repentance, Lord, that you'll bring the reality of the spirit of the fear of the Lord in this day. And God, that your people will run to the throne to worship you for who you are, God. And may the nations fear God and keep his commandments and repent before it's too late. And we thank you, God. We do not boast in that you have granted us this great salvation, but we will worship and we will praise you and we will thank you. And not a moment goes by that our heart is not attentive to the grace and the love that you poured out to us to save us. God, use us to heal others, to save others, to deliver others. Mature us, Lord, and set us on fire. And we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. If you need prayer. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.